Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. talking about the secret of going deeper with God. And I encourage you, I challenge you, actually from the crossover service that we're going to emphasize that in the course of the year in different shape or form, uh, challenging you to go deeper uh, because that is where Jesus is taking us. That if you truly follow Jesus, he is going to invite you into a deeper place with him. All is is seeking for a deeper relationship. So last week, we challenged you to get out of the shallow waters. Uh, and we gave you reasons why you must get out. It's not fulfilling when you are just in that shallow place where you are scratching the surface. Everything is in the flesh. Nothing deeper in your walk with the Lord. There's no fulfillment there. You are missing out on God. When you're also in the shallow waters, you only meet shallow people there, you know, and shallow people can help you to get to where God wants you to get to. So that is really, that was the, uh, the message uh, last week. Today, I'm going to talk on something specific, uh, you know, I call it seek deeper meaning. I just want to call it deeper meaning. Be, it is impossible to go deep with God, unless you are someone that seek deeper meaning. Uh, meaning is something that is very, very critical. Finding meaning in life. Finding meaning in things is so important. One of the most famous prayers by the apostle is to pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The spirit of wisdom and revelation helps us to seek deeper meaning or have deeper meaning in things. There's a phrase in uh, what is called biblical exegesis, which is the study of uh, interpretation of the Bible. There's a phrase, it's a Latin phrase, I mean phrase called sensus plenio. Sensus plenio. Sensus plenio in theology simply means fuller sense. Or fuller meaning. It is the belief, and I'm going to show you a little, a little, a little while. It is a belief that there's, there are certain passages, if I, a lot of passages, when God speaks, there is always a fuller meaning. Some people call it second meaning. It is believed that is what uh, uh, David was referring to when he says, God has spoken once. Twice have I heard that when God speaks, there is always an immediate thing he's saying, but there's always a fuller meaning to it. It is also called the additional deeper meaning intended by God, but not clearly intended by the human author. Now, many of the authors in the Bible, it was like God dictated what they wrote to them. God gave them words, especially the prophets in the Old Testament or even almost every other person. God spoke to them. But what many of them didn't realize is God meant more than what was obvious. 
All right? God meant more than what was obvious. And I'm going to give you an example. Uh, this is actually kind of uh, in the Bible itself. In Genesis chapter 22, and it's more than Genesis. If you, go, I mean, it's more than this passage. Several passages, Genesis 18, Genesis 22. God spoke. We know God spoke to Abraham. Right? An example is in verse 17. I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky and as the sand of the seashore. Your descendants will will take possessions of the cities of their enemy. Verse 18 says, and through your offspring... All nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Now, in the, on the surface, obviously God was speaking of Isaac here, right? You know, when he says, through your offspring. And when he was talking about your descendants on the surface, God is talking about the children of Israel here. Now, but when you go to Galatians, uh, you know, in Galatians, we are introduced into a deeper meaning of that passage. That there is census plenial here. There is a deeper meaning that God intended. Now, Abraham probably didn't even know that, you know, but God intended it, even though the human person that God was speaking to didn't really see it at the time. When you go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 16, this is how the Bible puts that promise. Is that the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say and to seeds. Because if you go back there in verse 18, it says through your offspring. At that point, he was using singular, not plural. And he's saying it wasn't, it's, it's, it, and does not say and to seeds, meaning many people, but to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. So you're like, whoa. So God, speaking to Abraham, had a deeper meaning. There was a deeper meaning intended by God in that conversation. Hallelujah. Even though it appeared on the surface, he was talking about Isaac. And that is very, very, very important. There is always a deeper meaning to what God is doing in our lives. Oftentimes much deeper than what we can see. It is impossible to go deeper with God unless we become people who seek deeper meaning in things. Praise the name of Jesus. In Acts chapter 17, verse 11, the apostle commended the Berean church, which, you know, we famously talk, uh, talk about this church. The Berean church or the Berean people, that they were of more noble character, or noble people, that they were... Highly ranked, highly regarded. In the kingdom of God, people are highly regarded because they seek deeper meaning than the people in Thessalonica. I pray we will now be like people in Thessalonica in Jesus' name. They received the message with great eagerness, <clears throat> excuse me, and examined the scripture every day to see if what Paul said was true. So they were not people contended with the excitement of what was presented. Right? The Berean people were not people who were just excited about the word, but they were people who sought deeper meaning. Hallelujah. Deeper meaning. There is always a deeper meaning to what God is doing in our life. Hallelujah. And that's my challenge to you this morning. 
as I speak, it is impossible to go deeper with God unless you become someone that is willing to seek deeper meaning in things. Hallelujah. People who can't think deeper, go deeper, can walk deeper with God. And that's very, very important. And that's my challenge to you. Because there is always a deeper meaning to what God is doing. Let's think about it. On the surface, life itself can be very meaningless. Unless you are someone that has a deeper meaning. Why do we have so many people depressed? So many people committing suicide? So many people unhappy? Because life on the surface, a lot of things won't make sense. Unless God gives us a deeper meaning. Even our own individual life can be meaningless. Unless God helps us to see a deeper meaning in our life. And that's why we get dissolution when we don't have that deeper meaning. We, and that's why we get bored. That's why we keep looking for things. We keep looking for things just to make us happy. You see, happiness is temporary. They don't last. And it's easy to derive happiness in things, temporary happiness in, you know, you go to a restaurant, you eat good food, you feel happy, right? You buy a new car, you know, you know temporarily you are happy. You know, after a few months... You know, the excitement wins, right? That's life. You know, I remember the first time I bought a car with uh, with remote uh, key, you know. That was, how many of us, that was not like that many years ago. Some years, some years ago, you don't have those remote key, you know, just a, you know. The first time I bought such a car, you know, you walk away, you want to press it to see if it works. You're, you're just, there's some excitement about it, right? That you have a car with that. I mean, so many things. You're excited about having new things. And sometimes that is our life. We, it's just from one thing to make us happy. One thing to make us happy. And that's the world we live in. But there's something bigger than happiness. It is called meaning. You see, people who have meaning to life, they have come to know a meaning is purpose. I mean, they've come to know my life has a purpose. There's something deeper about my life. Even sometimes when they go through things that are not necessarily supposed to make them happy, they find happiness eventually because meaning leads to constant fulfillment and happiness. Making happiness your sole pursuit, you will never find it. You will always chase him for things. Praise the name of Jesus. So it takes us... Seeking deeper meaning to really know what God is doing. Because God, his things are not always on the surface. The good is not always on the surface. Right? Look at what we just read. What God is doing is eternal. Now, Abraham will assume my life is just about me. Right? And he said, why am I going through all this? You know, God's promise, 25 years to have a baby. You know, this roller coaster, it just looks like, you know, I mean, why me? Why am I going through all this? You know, God is giving promises. All those things look like a transaction between him and God, right? But 
With God, it was an eternal transaction that he's making with this physical man called Abraham, right? But God is thinking deeper. Now we're talking about Abraham. Now he became the father of faith. Now he became our father in faith. Now he be, his name became memorialized, almost immortalized, because of his obedience to God. And I think it's because Abraham eventually realized it looks like this is deeper than I thought. This is deeper than me. Now, having deeper meaning leads to a life of faith and a life of obedience. Praise the name of Jesus. There is a deeper meaning to life. There's a deeper meaning. Your life is not just on the surface. You're not just created to wake up, go to work, watch TV, eat some good food, and go to bed, and just do that 365 times, making a year, multiply by 80 or 90, and just go. It's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. It's, it's much deeper. There is a deeper meaning to your life. And no matter where you are, whether you are 18 years old or 80 years old, there is still a deeper meaning to your life. And I want you to walk out of this place after listening to this message and say, God, I want you to show me the deeper meaning about my life. There's a deeper meaning to life in general. Right? Philosophers, you know, Socrates, all these, all these people, they've really, they made it their goal to find meaning to life. Meaning to life. What does life really mean? We just live, we just die. What happened afterwards? What is the purpose of this life? It just looks like things don't always make sense. You know, good people die early. You know, bad people live long. I mean, some crazy things happen. That is there a purpose? Yes, there is. There is a deeper meaning to life. There's a deeper meaning to many things. Apostle Paul was telling us in Ephesians chapter 5, he's talking about marriage, for example. And he's saying there is a deeper meaning to marriage. And he's saying, talking about husband and wife. And at some point he said, it's about the relationship between Christ and the church. So in God's mind, it's more than just finding a beautiful lady, you know, courting each other for a couple of years, walk down the aisle, wear a beautiful dress, go home, and start fighting. <laughs> and you're like, what did I get myself into? I waited all these years to get married now. Uh, you know, it's fight every day. We can't agree on a thing. I like purple. He likes this. We can't agree on anything. And people get disillusioned about marriage. That's because there is a deeper meaning to it. In God's mind, is more than you. It's deeper than what you see on the surface. Praise the name of Jesus. There is a deeper meaning to worship. Worship is not just about, you know, raising of hands and singing some beautiful songs. It means a lot to God. Why are we called to worship? Why does God want his people to gather to worship him? Why is that important to God? What is, what, how does that fit in into the scheme of things as far as God is concerned? I want us to become People of deeper meaning. People who go beyond the surface. People who find deeper meaning 
in things. If you are going to go deeper with God, we have to be people who are not just content with what is on the surface. We have to be people who are willing to say, God, I know there is more than this. I want you to say to yourself, I know there is more than this. I know there is more to my life than this. And if that becomes something you know you're going to want to find it out, there has to be a bigger purpose. There's a reason why I'm here now. There's a reason why you are in this church. There's a reason why people in your life are where they I mean, are in your life. There's a reason. There's always something deeper that is going on that only people who can tap into it can be at the frequency of God. It's almost like, you know, frequency, right? You know, you, you, there, are different, there are different sound that is going on in the atmosphere that we can hear. How many of us know that? You know, if you turn on your radio station, there's, there's a lot of sound moving around now. You just have to turn into that frequency, right? You turn into that frequency, you are able to pick up the sound. You turn away from that, you turn it into another radio station. You haven't left where you are in the same spot. You can pick up different sound. I mean, some of them are, you know, better than each other. Some of them are easy to reach. Some of them you need a more sophisticated radio, right? And equipment to be able to pick up those things. Usually those are the better stations, right? Better stations cost a little more to reach. So it's important to know that God is operating at a frequency. We just need to be able to catch it. We just need to be able to tap into it. And only people who are willing to lean in deeper can really tap into that. If we don't, life becomes very difficult. We struggle. You will find yourself always struggling with God all the days of your life. And that's not a nice way to live your life. You will always find yourself in contention, struggling, because you can't go deeper. You can't understand what he's doing. You can't trust what he's doing because you have no understanding. You can't trust. You can't follow. I'm going to read a scripture. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17 through 20. Hebrews 11, verse 17 through 20. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11, I'll read 17 through 20. By faith, when God tested him, which is Abraham, offered Isaac a sacrifice. That is, Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God tested him. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God has said to him, it is through Isaac that your offering will be reckoned. I mean, just look at the tension that this guy is, <laughs> is contending with. Now, God has told you through this son, right? I, you know, I'm going to give you this son. This son, I'm going to give it to you. I mean, he waited, waited 25 years. God gave him the son, and God went a little further. I mean, that son is special. This is not just one of, one of those that have a son. This is a son that is, you know, just one son is enough. Through him, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. At first, he thought it was another son. God said, no, that's not the son I'm talking about. This, your son is still coming. 
Now, at some point in his life, God then said, go sacrifice that son. I mean, it's like, wait a minute, what is really going on here? Now, so the Bible is describing Abraham's attitude here. Uh, so Abraham reasoned. I want to say reason. Reason. It got a deeper meaning. He thought a little deeper. So Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. So Abraham's reason was, well, he fits. Because the same God that gave me Isaac, I know can raise the dead. So I know this can work. Now, it takes deeper meaning. It takes deeper understanding to be able to walk with God. That's the point I'm trying to say. A lot of times we're going to find ourselves in that kind of situation. When it looks like, God, you gave it to me, you're taking it away. What kind of a God it is? You're just going to be so, so screaming. You can stop coming to church. You can be so angry. You can be so mad. You can just quit altogether. You can say, this doesn't make sense. Why did I waste all my time with this? Why did I share that testimony and I embarrass myself? You know, you're going to, you know all these things we go through, you're just going to want to quit. Unless you're someone that can reason deeper. That can go, that can seek a deeper meaning. You're not going to obey God. You're not going to. So it's, it's difficult. It's impossible. Most people who don't walk in obedience, you can attribute it to lack of deeper meaning. Why should we give our money to God? And God says, that's how we're going to prosper. Does that make sense? Unless you can seek deeper meaning. Why should I forgive someone that hurts me and be nice to them? When they've done all these things to me, how, what, what sense does that make? Who does that? Only dummies do that. And I'm not a dummy. And I'm going to show him or her that I'm not a dummy. That's a shallow thinking, right? A deeper thinker can begin to tap into God and see how God sees things. So God is at a wavelength that is different. And unless you're someone that is willing to lean in a little bit to say, you know what, there is a deeper thing God is doing here that I can walk with, it is impossible to really walk with God. It takes deeper meaning to live a life of obedience. It takes deeper meaning to recognize God when he is working in your life. Because the Bible says even the wisdom of God is foolishness to man. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, chapter 2, it talks about that. The foolishness of God is, 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 is wiser than man. All right, when God, God's wisdom always appeared foolish to us. It takes people who can think deeper. It takes people who can go to that extra level of leaning into the deep things of God that can fully understand when God is approaching. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Very interesting passage that I would like us to read. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 says... I want all of us to read it together. Let's read it together. One, two, go. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, stop evaluating me from a human point of view. (laughs) 
Just say, tell them, if you know the person sitting beside you, you're going to take me for lunch after service. Day. <laughs> you know, shallow people evaluate people from a fleshy standpoint. That's what he's trying to say. You see, once you, once you begin to go deeper in God, one of the things that happen when you stop evaluating people from a flesh point of view. That's what he's trying to say. You see, in fact, if you read the King James Version, he said, henceforth, we no more know people after the flesh. All right? We don't look at people just from a shallowy, fleshy point of view, from a human point of view. And he now said, isn't that true that even Jesus, we looked at him from a human point of view? The Jewish people look at him. In fact, the Bible says there was no beauty that we should desire him. That means he was not that answer. You know, forget about all those pictures of Jesus that they try to draw. From the Bible, it wasn't like the coolest guy. You know, it wasn't. It was not physically. And that's, the Bible tells us when we saw him, there was no beauty that we should desire him. He was not the most handsome guy. He was not like Saul. Saul was the most handsome person, King Saul. He fit. He was tall, the tallest guy in town. In fact, the tallest person next to him was his shoulder. So he, he was supposed to be a king. This is some guy to follow. What a lousy failure he was as a king. That's King Saul. So he said, Jesus, we knew him after the flesh at some point. He didn't look like someone Somebody wants to follow. Only people who could think a little deeper followed him. And look at what, how he ended it. I could see the surprise from people. Did he say that? That Jesus wasn't handsome? I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm quoting the scripture. I'm quoting Isaiah 53. <laughs> All right. I'm just quoting Isaiah 53, right? There was no beauty that we should desire him. That was what the scripture says. All right. So he's saying that how differently we know him now, right? It's different now. How differently now? Sometimes things of God, we catch it on the hindsight, right? We're like, wow. So it's important for us as people of God to seek deeper meaning. You see, there are people in your life now. You should ask, why did you bring them into my life? Many people have missed, missed out on God, missed out on what God is doing, missed out on what God is trying to do, missed out on what God is trying to do in their life because they evaluate people that God sends from a shallowy, fleshy, human point of view, and they miss what God is doing. Very important. Very important. So he's saying, so you must know that how you evaluate, you, you will not be able to recognize what God is doing in your life if you're just shallow. Hallelujah. So I'm inviting you to think deeper. To think deeper. To seek deeper meaning from God. There is a deeper meaning 
to what is going on around you. Hallelujah. We have a few more minutes, so we're going to go to the passage we read today and, and just uh, round up there. Hallelujah. So the disciples came to Jesus in Matthew chapter 13 from verse 10. And they said, why do you speak to the people in parables? Why? And Jesus just went on a tangent. It must be, it must be a lot to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I mean, I, could, I read, I read the... I read the gospel sometimes, I'm like, wow. I mean, I, I just, I give credit a lot to the disciples, right? And he said, because the knowledge of the secret of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. So Jesus is saying, there are two audiences. There are people where it's not for, there are people where, where, that it is for. All right? So Jesus is saying, there are, there are different frequencies, so I'm speaking from a frequency that only people who turn into that frequency can get. So when I speak in parable, I'm speaking to some people, and I know some people I'm excluding. Wow. You won't be excluded in Jesus' name. And he now said, whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is that? This is why I speak to them in parable. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Verse 14, in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will ever be hearing, but never understanding. You will ever be seeing, but never perceiving. I'm going to verse 15, and he said, For these people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes, all right? So I don't want people who close their eyes. You see, people who, are, who don't have an open heart, I'm not speaking to them. I'm speaking to people who have an open heart. I'm speaking to people who are seeking deeper meaning. I'm speaking to people who, I'm speaking to people who are interested in crossing to the realm that is deeper, who are willing to seek deeper meaning, not just people who are looking for something on the surface. Because people who are on the surface, I know they can't go far. People who are on the surface, I can't rely on them. People who are on the surface, they are not interested. They are looking for bread. They are not looking for my teaching, right? They are looking for signs. They are looking for wonders. They are looking for all these things. But when it comes to the real work I want to perform in their life, they are not looking for that. So I know what I'm doing. He said their heart has, been, has become callous, all right? Something is wrong in their heart. Otherwise, they might... And, they hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and turn, and I will heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. Wow. So Jesus is telling us here, you see, deeper meaning is really a function of our heart. It's a function of our heart. It's not a function of the mind per se. So many people miss Jesus. I mean, those people that Jesus is talking about, they were not the most brilliant people, right? They were not. People even judge them that they were not the most educated people they were. Some of them were, uh, but most of them were not. They were not uh, the most brilliant, the most educated, the most sophisticated. They, they were not all these things, you know. But they were people with the right heart. All right, their hearts were not callous. A lot of the educated people, they have callous hearts. They have hardened hearts. 
they are they are subjective and not objective. That means they are not open. They have made up their mind, you know, about who he was and who he is before they even approached them. Jesus said, I don't owe them conversation. People with callous hearts, people with hardened hearts. So deeper meaning when it comes to things of God is a function of your heart. It's not a function of your mind. A lot of people can have sharp minds, can be so brilliant and miss what God is saying. A lot of people do miss it. A lot of people. A lot of people. And I pray that you will not, in Jesus' name. I pray that you will, we will become people whose hearts are soft, whose heart breaks for things God, whose heart will listen to their hearts, you know, who are able to pick up the frequency of what God is doing. So when it's present, they are able to pick it up. Jacob was dreaming, he went on a dream, went on a trance when he was running away, you know, from, uh, from his brother. And he slept. He got to this place and he slept and the Lord opened his heart, his eyes rather. And he had a powerful vision of heaven, a trance of heaven. And he saw angels ascending and descending. And he woke up and he said to himself, wow, so the Lord is here. And I did not know it. Sometimes the Lord is there and we don't know it. We don't perceive it. Because we have made up our mind in our heart what he looks like. All right? Are you open? Are you willing to really give God, you know, the opportunity to speak into your life, to minister to you, to do great things in your life? Are you willing to let him have his way? All right? Are you willing to say, God, have your way in my life? Whatever you want to do, please do. Whatever you want to take me, please take me. Wherever you want me to go, please, I'm ready to do whatever you're willing to do. I'm ready to go wherever you want me to go. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. People with such a heart will hear him when he speaks. Praise the name of Jesus. Very important. And I pray that we will be that kind of people. Deeper meaning belongs to people who are willing to search. All right? Deeper meaning belongs to people who are willing to search. Not people who are content with the excitement of what they hear. Now, you're hearing me now. You're like puzzled. You're like, wow, this is great. For many people, it just ends there. It ends there. For some people, it becomes something they ponder. They think about. They want to search. They want to dig deeper. They want to go to the Lord to say, you know what? What does this mean to me? Everywhere, every time you hear a message, you should always ask, what does that mean to me? How does that affect me? God, what are you saying to me here? Now, I can speak for 40 minutes. Maybe five minutes of that has to do with you specifically. But only people who can pick that up and take it and go home and do a little bit digging. God is not on the surface. He's not on the surface. He's deeper. Than you think. And people who are willing to seek deeper meaning can reach into God. Praise the name of Jesus. Matthew 13, 44 says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure, like treasure hidden. The treasure is hidden. 
But it's not hidden to exclude us. It's hidden to include people who are willing to search, who are willing to dig. People who search and find, they treasure what they find, right? Things you treasure the most are things you pay the highest for. Have you ever heard of people just name things? I mean, they price things or they put price tag. People use price tag to make us to treasure things, right? We don't even know how much they cost. Some of these most expensive things might not cost them much. I mean, we, don't, I mean, we have no idea how much it costs, but some people just decide, you know what, we want to be exclusive, all right? This costs this much, and we work so hard to get it, right? And we treat them better because we value them. Yeah, we value what we search. We don't value things we come across on the streets, right? Things you just pick up, they're just, you know, we don't value those that much. We value things we search for. And that's why God is looking for people who are willing to search, people who are willing to dig deeper, people who are willing to search, who are willing to seek him. Hallelujah. And that's what we've been going through in our fasting, right? Seeking him deeper. We've been talking about seekers. What kind of seeker God is God looking for? God is looking for people who are going to seek him, who are going to prioritize him, who are going to wake up early and say, you know what? He is so important. I am willing to look for him. Trust me, God reveals himself to those people. Praise the name of Jesus. Deeper meaning belongs to people who are in touch with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And that's why we have the Holy Spirit. And I really want you to know that in the new covenant, we are all entitled to know the deep things of God. All right? We are all entitled. We are all. We all can seek him. All right? We all. It's very important. In 1 Corinthians, I'm going to read it. I don't have everything. If you can open to the passage itself, it's going to be, very be-, it's going to be better. Uh, it's a long passage, so I'm going to read it, and we can close. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, I'm going to read from verse 9 to 12. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared, for those who love him. What God has prepared for you is bigger, is better. In fact, as I was preparing for this message, the Lord tells me that there's a woman that, you see, God wants me to tell you that he's creating a story about your life. I mean, you're not, you know, you've been just wondering, life has been particularly hard, cruel, I mean, things have not, I mean, you're living in frustration because things have not gone the way you wanted them to go. And you are losing it. And God is saying, be patient with me. I am creating a story with you, says the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. And he's saying here, what God has prepared for those who love him. Now, these are the things God has revealed to us by the Spirit. It's only the Holy Spirit that can take us into that realm, all right? Why? The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Did you see that? Did you see the deep things of God? It's deep. And the Spirit is the one that searches. The Spirit is the one that can can pan around, searches, and just 
bring them into your mind and into your heart and into your and allow you to see them. And he said, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. And he's just talking about thought of God. He's talking about thought of God concerning you. God has a thought concerning you. Now, and he's saying the only way you know that thought is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can take what is in the thought of God, what is in the mind of God concerning you, and put it in your mind. Look at how life will be different if you know what God thought about. Look at how life will be different. How many things have we worried about, you know, and, it, and something happened, you're like, wow, why did I worry that much? Why did I worry that much? Why did I do all those stupid things if I've waited? All right? He's saying, in the same way, no one knows the thought of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given to us. Father, I'm asking right now for the spirit of understanding. I'm asking right now all over this room. I'm asking for that spirit of understanding. I'm asking in the mighty name of Jesus that there will be an activation of that spirit of understanding. There will be opening of eyes. There will be opening of minds. There will be opening of hearts to the deep things of God, to your thoughts, your thoughts, your thoughts, your thoughts concerning them. I'm asking, Lord, in Jesus' name, men and women here will begin to lean deeper into you and begin to have access into what you are thinking, what you are thinking concerning them, what you are thinking concerning them. There's someone here, the Lord says, you, you, the Lord just want me to tell you that he's still good. Right? Because you begin to doubt the goodness of God. God is telling you, He is still good. And you need to believe it. You need to confess it, regardless of what people are telling you, what circumstances is telling you. The Lord is saying, I'm still a good God. I'm still a good God. I want you to really, really believe that in your heart that I'm still a good God. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, I'm praying. And I ask in Jesus' name, you will just fill this auditorium right now with your spirit of wisdom, with your spirit of revelation, with supernatural ability to be able to tap into your thoughts, tap into the realm of the deep. The Bible says, deep cries unto the deep. And I'm praying that we will be able to just tap into that realm of the deep. We'll leave that shallowness that we are confined ourselves into and we'll be able to lean in into that depth in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you glory. Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Holy Spirit, we thank you because you are here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
I just want us to just just have some moment of stillness. Just have some moment of stillness and, and just reflect on this way you've heard a little bit and just say, God, I, I just just tell him, just tell him. Just say, God, I, I, I really want to tap into that deep things you have for me. I know no eyes has seen it. No ear has heard it. I know it has not entered into the heart of man, but I know they are reserved for me, so I want access to it. I want access to it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen and amen.